How long have you lived? I mean, how long have you really lived? Now, it's easy to calculate age, time, but it's much more difficult to quantify life. Time is measured in minutes while life, those big moments, those small moments that are meaningful are measured in moments. And during this series, we're rediscovering how to make every one of those moments count. I want us as a church family to truly experience what Jesus was talking about in John 10 and 10 when he said the thief, Satan, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Let's be honest. So many of us have experienced tremendous loss over the last few months. Loss of relationships and jobs and and, and experiences and even lost loved ones. In this season, we need to rediscover hope and joy and, and abundant life that Jesus was talking about. So we're using Mark Batterson's book, Win the Day, as a guidebook to walk through this series. Is it, this isn't a typical series. It's, it's something that we're doing a little bit different. There's a Bible reading plan that you can download from YouVersion as we walk through this. Um, you can read Mark Batterson's book and, and, and just dive in even deeper each week as we walk through this material. But we're just going all in together to learn how to win the day. Our job is to consecrate ourselves to God. And if we do that day in and day out, God is going to show up and show off. Flip the script. If you want to change your life, you have to change your story. Kiss the way. The obstacle is not the enemy. The obstacle is the way. Eat the frog. If you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. Fly the kite. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. Cut the rope. Playing it safe is risky. Wind the clock. You do not find time. You have to make time. Seed the clouds. You have to sow today what you want to see tomorrow. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. Win the day. Today we're going to tackle the fourth habit that we need to develop in order to win the day. And the fourth habit is this. We have to fly the kite. We've got to fly the kite. Now, if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3. And Paul teaches us a very important principle in verses 23 and 24. And this is what Paul says. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. So you're doing this for the Lord. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master that you are serving, it's Christ. So everything we do, whether big or small, we should do it as though we're working for God. Not for your boss, not for your teacher, not even for a paycheck, but for the Lord himself. And when we live that way, everything we do becomes worship. Now worship isn't just a set of songs that we sing on Sunday or a service that we go to with our church family. That's a small part of it. Worship is this, all right? Lean in, this is important. Worship is the way that we live our lives. From the smallest task to the largest responsibility, we must remember that the work we do is not for the approval of anyone here on earth, but instead for the glory and honor of God our Father. 
Now, we all like to celebrate the big accomplishments, but it's the small things done over time that get us to those big moments. Now, does God delight in our accomplishments? Absolutely, He does, like a proud parent. I love those moments when my kids were smaller. There would be a play at school, or maybe they'd be singing in the chorus. And I'd love to sit there and turn around as they would begin the production and laugh at the sea of cameras, phones, and at the time, camcorders. There's nothing in the world like a proud parent. They just want to celebrate this moment. But God, our Heavenly Father, also delights in our accomplishments. And not just the big stuff. But according to this great verse in Zechariah, it's the little things that causes disproportionate celebrations. I love that thought. And this is what it says in Zechariah. Do not despise the small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line and Zerubbabel's hand. Now what's happening here? The Israelites were about to build the temple, but they hadn't even broken ground yet. All they had done was measure. Now, if you aren't handy like I am when it comes to construction, the plumb line was used to measure things. Now, if you know me, you know that's funny that I know that. But God was already giving them a standing ovation and they hadn't even begun yet. This week was a pretty special time for our family. Many of you know that Marianne worked really hard in the middle of her fight to obtain her real estate license. And she joined the Papillardo Real Estate Group at Keller Williams. And as an agent, there was a commission cap, which means that after you hit this cap, everything else you earn is yours. It's a pretty big deal. And it was a goal for Marianne to cap in her first year as an agent. Now keep in mind, she got her license during COVID and while she was fighting her battle with cancer. And I remember driving Marianne to her real estate exam on the same day that I drove her to get a PET scan. I mean, her strength, as I think back on those experiences, was incredible. But this week, we celebrated as she became an official capper at Keller Williams. And I'm so blown away by the support that we continue to receive from her Keller Williams family. But as we stood there and celebrated this huge milestone for Marianne, I couldn't help but think about that verse from Zechariah. We stood and cheered because she accomplished a dream and a goal. But her Heavenly Father cheered the moment she signed up for a real estate class. He stood and cheered when you showed up for the first day of practice. He stood and cheered when you opened your Bible, when, when you sent a text to someone inviting someone to church. He stood and cheered when you paid for that stranger's coffee, when you, when you signed up for Celebrate Recovery, when you walked through the door of that marriage counseling appointment for the very first time. He stood and cheered. When you hit that life group button on our website to join, he cheered for you when you volunteered to serve. He stood up and cheered. When you took the first step of being a great financial steward of what he's placed in your hand, he cheered for you because he celebrates those little steps of faith, those small steps of kindness. Nothing is too big for him. But here's what's amazing. Nothing is too small for him. Our friend Josh Wilson wrote a powerful song that simply says it all. Dream small. It's a mama singing songs about the Lord It's a daddy spending family time The world says he cannot afford These simple moments change the world It's a pastor at a tiny little church Forty years of loving on the broken and the hurt 
So what does it mean to fly the kite? It has a very different meaning from the phrase I often heard from my sister growing up. My sister Kathy, when she would get really frustrated with me, her little brother, would say one of two things. She would either say, why don't you go fly a kite? And I never really knew why that was a bad thing because flying a kite sounded fun. But from the tone of her voice, I think she had a really different meaning. Now the second thing she would say when she got frustrated was, why don't you go play in the street? Now I have to be honest, I knew exactly what she meant when she said that. And I also think that you should all send her a strongly worded Facebook message for bullying her little brother, right? She wasn't being very nice. Now that's not what Mark Batterson meant when he said that we should go fly the kite. Now he shares a great story about kite flying in his book, Win the Day. In the mid 18th century, the only way to cross the Niagara Gorge was by boat. And on November 9th, 1847, 
A civil engineer named Charles Elliott Jr. was commissioned to build a suspension bridge over this chasm. And he naturally chose the narrowest neck, but it still presented this huge challenge. How do you stretch the first wire across an 800 foot gorge with 225 foot cliffs on either side and rapids that rush toward a waterfall? Here's how you do it, a kite flying contest. And so in January of 1848, hundreds of kids tried flying kites across this gorge. And a 15-year-old boy named Homan Walsh took the ferry from the American side to the Canadian side to take advantage of the prevailing winds. And he flew his kite all day and all night. And when his kite string broke, he had to wait eight days to cross back over by ferry, retrieve his kite, make repairs, crossed over again. And finally on January 30th, his kite made it across the gorge, winning him a $10 cash prize. The day following the successful flight, a stronger line was attached to the kite string and pulled across. Then an even stronger line, then a rope, then a cable of 36 strands of 10 gauge wire. And I don't think those involved would ever imagine the impact this bridge would have. And it all started with a kite string. The reality is, if you don't pay attention to the small things in your life, you will never accomplish the big things starts with a kite string. Here's the principle. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you aren't grateful for the small things in your life, you'll never be grateful for the big things. If you aren't great at being a steward of the small things that God has put in your hands, you're never going to be a great steward of the big things. If you don't worship in the small things, you'll never worship in the big things. If you aren't excellent with the small details, you're never going to be excellent in the large responsibilities. If you don't trust God with the small details of your life, how will you ever trust Him with the big things? If you aren't faithful in the small things, how are we ever going to be made rulers over many, as Scripture says? How you do anything is how you do everything. So what's your kite string? What's your next step? One of my favorite animals is an African impala. Now, if you've heard me speak much at all, you've heard me talk about an impala. It's this beautiful animal in, in Africa that has this huge set of antlers. And the capacity of this animal is just pretty overwhelming. They can travel up to speeds of 50 to 60 miles per hour. And when they jump, they can span the distance of 30 feet and they can jump as high as 10 feet in the air. Now imagine the capacity of an animal that can run 50 to 60 miles per hour when it launches in the air, can jump 10 feet in the air and span the distance of 30 feet. That's incredible. And I, I remember thinking about this animal when I first read about it. Like, how do you keep that animal in captivity? You'd never see it in a zoo. You'd have to see it in a dome or inside a building. You'd never see it out in open space. But the fact of the matter is you can. I've seen them. Now, what would you have to build to keep that thing in captivity? Obviously, it would have to be a fence that's at least 11 feet tall because it can jump 10 feet tall. But in fact, here's what I learned. You only have to build it about three feet tall. All you have to do is really build it just a little bit taller than the actual Impala itself. Why? Because an Impala, even though it has all of this capacity, will not jump unless it can see exactly where it's going to land. 
Now, I think you can see where I'm going with that because some of us are the same way. We have so much capacity that God has put inside of us, but for some reason or another, we won't take our next step. We won't fly the kite because we're afraid we're not going to land where it's safe. We're not, we're not willing to take the risk. If we're truly going to see God do some incredible things in our lives, we've got to be willing to take the risk. We've got to be willing to fly the kite. We've got to be willing to do hard things well. And for some of you, we're being held into captivity by just a very small barrier. We could easily climb. What's your first step? For some of you, it's a step toward Jesus. It's opening the door that you have him locked behind. What do I mean? For some of us, we go through difficult things in our life. And what we do is we take anything spiritual. We take Jesus. We, we take his word. We take those moments that we have with him. And we lock him in a closet somewhere because we're frustrated by something he did or did not do in our life. How do I know that? I've done that. I can tell you that as we've walked through this experience, as Marianne went home to be with Jesus, I took anything spiritual in my life and tried to lock it behind a door. I was frustrated. I think Jesus responded the way I thought he should, the way that I wanted him to. And so I took everything spiritual in my life and just locked it behind a door. But I want you to know that as I've begun to fly that kite again in a spiritual sense, as I've opened that door and allowed the Holy Spirit to do the work in my life that He longs to do, it's been a beautiful experience. And I challenge those of you, like me, you feel hurt. In a lot of ways, you feel let down, you feel betrayed. I challenge you to fly the kite spiritually again. Maybe the first step, the biggest step in your life is to just say yes to Jesus. This morning I received a great text from a friend. And this is what it said. If you feel you can't see or find Jesus, just start worshiping. He'll find you. He really will. He longs to have this beautiful relationship with you. He longs to be close to you. In fact, just as close as the mention of his name. And so if you have tried your best to keep Jesus at a distance, if you have tried your best to do things in your own strength and your own way, it's time to surrender. It's time to let him have his way. We chase a lot of things in our lives. We try to be successful and climb that ladder, but the reality is sometimes we have the ladder up against the wrong tree. Are we aligning our lives with God and his word? Or are we trying our best to do our own thing? Today, let's fly the kite. Let's take the step. Let's take the risk. And let's let Jesus do in our lives what he longs to do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the fact that you want a personal, intimate relationship with us. And I pray that if we've been keeping you at arm's length, maybe things haven't turned out exactly the way we thought they would, could, or should, I pray in Jesus' name that we would take that next step in our life. God, that you would help us identify what that next step is and then you would give us the courage to be able to take it. 
And Lord, I pray that we would recognize that how we do anything is how we do everything. God, help us to pay attention to those small details in our life. Help us to be faithful in those small things in our life. And if we'll do that, Lord, I believe that you will do exceedingly above all we can ask, think, or even imagine. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this is your first online worship experience, we are honored to have you here. Make sure that you let us know that you joined us today by hopping over to northparkrdu.com and filling out that digital connect card. It's a great way for us to learn more about you and also put some great information in your hands. If you would like to join a life group, if that's the next step that you need to take, I encourage you to do that today. We would love to get you plugged into a group where you can find some incredible people as we walk this journey together. You matter to God, you matter to us, and we would love the opportunity to join you on this faith journey. In fact, if you have a prayer request, we would love to know about that. There's a place on our website where you can request prayer. We would love to pray some bold prayer over your life because we believe that God honors bold prayer and bold prayers honor God. Trust us enough to pray with you about anything going on in your life. Hey, we love you and we are so thankful to be on this journey with you. And don't forget, next Sunday, we'll actually have our next in-person gathering at Riverbend Middle School. And that is March the 21st at 10 a.m. We'd love to see you there. If you will not be in person, we'll be right here with you online. We are with you every step of this journey. We love you guys. We are cheering you on.